0: What is up, Asymmetry? How y'all doing? Oh, man, my man is back in the house. Iris Sisson returned from a prolonged trip to Europe, Italy. The trophy gave us a moment to catch up on winter activities and the general state of Mirai entering 2023, the repotting season, nutritional discoveries, uh, and the advancement of our knowledge of the bone time model. Uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is a fun one. Always good to catch up with Ira and uh, catch all of you up on what we're up to. Love you guys. So it's just like, you know, everything's compacted, compressed. That's There's- the
1: first time for the pygmy for you to go back and do that work? First time, yeah. It's just done How well. many years? Uh, 12, well, 10?
0: Made it 2012. Yeah. So 11 years, it's been just fine. Yeah. The other ones are not holding up nearly that well. They're not
1: holding up nearly that well. I mean the roots on that pygmy—they've got to be into the pot, like fully in there by now. I'm Um, sure.
0: I mean, not only are they in the pot, it's just like a big, huge. Oh man, it's a big, huge. It's filled the pot. It's growing up out of the pot now, Mm -hmm. which is like what—that's really what you want when you like go back in and completely dissect a uh, rock planting because mm-hmm. you have to have i mean that's like what you want when you go back in and you do a repot of a tree in a bonsai container right yeah. like, full, full
1: occupation full occupation
0: yeah and then you go back in you take out some of the field soil with mm-hmm. a vacuum you take off all the compacted top you, you you know you go through it pretty thoroughly but if you do it too prematurely you end up having to reconstruct the whole thing yeah. And, and that's like, but you don't want to wait too long until the tree loses health.
1: Is there a different consideration for the field soil if you're going onto a slab, thinking about how you might come back in and address it that many years later? Would you be more focused on trying to get field soil like out of the sheen area in that instance when you're no. trying to maintain it? Same concept? No, yeah, he can't. You can't. Yeah. You know,
0: same, same concepts apply, especially if you're going to put it on a slab. You're going to shrink down the outer roots as much as you yeah. possibly can. You've got to leave the sheen intact. That's the only thing that you have to hold it. Yeah, accurate. yeah. Yeah. I think the uh, I think the tougher thing is the transition from the tougher thing is the transition from um, you know like a, a a very solid, fully occupied root system to then loosening it all up and putting a bunch of loose soil and loose moss and soil and you know without mm-hmm. without muck. To sort of bind everything together. Now you've got a hard and a soft, and it's like watering, it's just a big commitment. Watering becomes an issue, things become a lot more delicate.
1: Yeah, and the sphagnum moss, too, right? It's like, we 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 found we got a line on some of that good stuff again finally, but the other sphagnum moss it just the quality wasn't the same. So now you're trying to use that instead of yeah keto, muck or whatever. And, I think
0: it's the same with everything, right? Yeah. Like the 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 biggest thing that I continue to realize in bonsai is if you don't have quality ingredients. I mean, this is like you say the same thing about food. You say the same thing about you know a building as like it's like if it if things are not of quality, the longevity of it is going going to suffer.
1: It worked out fine for Papa John's, right? Better ingredients, better pizza. Is that is I, that? What, I it was, think that's their tagline. That, that, I don't know. I'm that. sorry. I, that was mostly for Leah's benefit. I, she's very she's very kind to give a courtesy laugh there. <laughs> Who even eats Papa John's? Is I don't that a know. real thing? Do you do that? I don't. I think Peyton Manning did for a while at least, wasn't he? Did he? Did they pay him gang of money? I'm to sure. eat sure Papa John's. I'm. I would. Hey, I'll pay for Peyton Manning money. I'll I'll, I'll get down on some Papa John's eat pizza. Some Papa
0: John's. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he wasn't complaining. Gosh, don't I think the chance of Bonsai uh, ever earning anybody Peyton Manning kind of money is probably Could you not. imagine? No. No. You know what? I don't think we would want to. This is the thing about, like, everybody saying, like, is Bonsai. I just uh, I, I did a interview for uh, an article that's going to be in a book for somebody somewhere about something. And... Details to come. It's hard to. It's well. I mean, beyond. I. I just. It's just like I don't really know what. What all of these things are for, or where they're going to be used. I just talk. People ask me questions. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Open book. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I don't exactly have a strategy to this whole thing. I'm just, I'm really, it's sort of improvisation on a grand And you like scale. talking about bonsai. So I'm it's cool like, sure, to yeah, talk about yeah. bonsai. People want to ask questions about bonsai. I think I've learned to be a little more careful about who I give answers to, you know, because a lot of people, you know, are, are want to talk about bonsai in my mind for the wrong reasons, or at least for a reason I don't want to really talk with them about it. But anyways, uh, uh, you know, the common question is, is is bonsai as an industry growing mm-hmm. is it is it expanding do you see the market increasing and it's like i don't think you get this like i don't think but like to the common especially the western mind
1: mm-hmm.
0: bonsai as an industry if it became mainstream it would destroy the art form it would destroy the art form you know so like everybody and being a bonsai professional i think the common understanding or common Common impression is like you want bonsai as a prof. People think me, Ryan Neal, you want bonsai as a bonsai professional to just explode, and it's like maybe when I had a lesser idea of what could happen if something becomes mainstream and explodes. Yeah, I wanted bonsai to grow. I wanted everybody to be doing it and stuff. Yep, yep. I'm pretty happy with the small, tight knit community that is working with bonsai on a level, uh, as a passion, as a lifestyle, as a practice, as a, as a, you know, way to cultivate a relationship and an awareness of the natural environment. Like I, I'm all about it. And I, and it, it it really gave more meaning to, you know, what Aaron Packard at PBM has been talking about for a long time, which is you, you know, the bonsai community, doesn't need the whole world to become bonsai practitioners oh this is the appreciator they just kind of need thing. They, they yeah, just, you, yeah. people just just raising awareness and having people appreciate yeah. it that's that's great that's enough you mm-hmm. know that's enough now if more people want to do it you know and if it ever did become mainstream then you then things would have to change and adjust and sort of accommodate that in ways that are you know still still positive
1: mm-hmm. still positive And your exposure in Japan too. I mean, being aware of the bubble period and kind of what that market was, and the kind of early years. Look at what happened. Look at what happened. Listen, not
0: not 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 all good, not all positive, not all good, not all positive. You know, so it's like, I think I think bonsai, based on number one, it's a it's a very uh, risky investment because obviously a living organism as a piece of art can Mm -hmm. can die. It can alter its form it can lose its value for somebody looking at the economics of bonsai bad investment for somebody looking at engaging with bonsai for what they're going to get out of their relationship with their trees or what they're going to get out of viewing and being transported to an environment recognizing you know the connection the with, connection yeah. and the the threads that make bonsai such a special medium for context and dialogue uh you know it's boom it's the it's the best investment you could ever make it's Mm -hmm. the smartest thing you could do with your time and with your life hands down i i mean i i i really do believe that but but the number of people that are gonna go deep enough to be able to tap into really the full power of bonsai which is on a daily basis of committing and taking care of these as trees, a practice, really as like, a practice, yeah. you know, I think I think it will always keep it small. I think it will always be a small niche art form, and that's just fine. Yeah. That's just fine.
1: The failure rate too for people who are just starting to learn how to take care of maybe one of the toughest things horticulturally, right? Yeah. A plant in a container where it's hundred percent shallow container, shallow no container, no gravity column too. Yeah,
0: and I think this has been like a a, a real. A real significant realization lately is just, and this may be, you know, sort of to a lot of people, this may be like, oh my gosh, Uh, of course that's the case. But like, you know, in Japan during my apprenticeship, since coming back from Japan 13 years ago, uh, nobody's ever talking about the soil being completely toasted, the soil being completely um, void of quality. And that being a reason to repot. But like going through all of these nutritional studies Mm -hmm. and recognizing, hey, listen, once the organic matter has been utilized and depleted, and here's the thing, modern fertilization practices ramping up certain nutrient availability Right, So I've got a ton of X. X might be magnesium. X might be uh, potassium. X might be nitrogen. I've got Mm -hmm. a ton of X. And recognizing that nutrition is all about proportions. So if you have a ton of potassium, potassium has a proportion to calcium that the plant is trying to maintain. And so if you give a plant a ton of potassium and you don't give it the right proportion of calcium in relationship to that potassium, the plant has to draw that calcium out of the soil environment. You know, and this is this is what cues the plant to tell the 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 endomicrobial, whether it's fungi or bacteria, to go out and, and go out mm-hmm. and get me this because it's saying I've got all this potassium, I've got to balance a proportion of potassium with calcium to maintain my ratios that allows me to survive and exist. So then the plant upregulates the consumption of calcium. And if there's not calcium in the soil, this is when you get an excess of potassium and you get a a, a deficiency of of calcium. Mm -hmm. Well, if you continually are applying and ramping up your proportions of certain things and demanding, based on the tree trying to balance out its proportions, the tree pulling these other things out of the soil... At some point, the soil just, all cation exchange sites are occupied. You've got pH acting on how that soil's characteristics is capable of holding, binding, releasing, uh, nutrition, etc. What's available to the plant, what's not, what's soluble, what's not, right? This big complex thing. And, and, And the carbon content in the organic matter of akadama mm-hmm. is constantly being consumed particularly with the amount of nitrogen we apply in bonsai cultivation which is an abnormal load of nitrogen and all of a sudden that soil's toast and nobody's ever said hey we're going to repot because our soil is completely shot of all characteristics you know yeah it holds water yeah it holds oxygen but like there is no there are no more cation exchange sites to buy nutrition and therefore ultimately in this soil The only thing that's left are things that you don't want the plant to be giving up or you don't want the plant to be taking in anymore, you know, which is primarily the aggregate being broken down into water-soluble metals. Mm. And that's really sort of the, that's sort of the prolonged, uh, you know, discussion of fertilization in the bonsai form that leads to significant disease and pest issues right there. Yeah, that's it's taken us it's taken us two years to get down this circuitous route mm-hmm. to realize that y- you can actually, and the lower the quality akadama, the faster that it goes completely bunk.
1: Yeah, historically, I think the. Methodology here, I think, was you repot for what was it two or three reasons, right? Loss of percolation or aesthetic change or decomposition. Decomposition. So this is really kind of on the decomposition. No, because it doesn't. I
0: mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that the soil's lost its integrity or its capacity to stay in a aggregate, a solid aggregate. You know, it doesn't mean that it's passively decomposed. Now, I think what we see more of is that when we have a, a deregulation or a disproportional relationship of nutrition, the the biology that acts on the aggregate surface being cued more likely than not by the tree saying, I need these things. And so the biology is going out there to get it acting on the aggregate surface does cause the biology to decompose the akadama and the aggregates inside of your containerized environment beyond a shadow of a doubt this is this is the way the world works this is the way that aggregate is broken down and and plants obtain you know mineral content from aggregate in the native environment with a recycling of organics and you know when those organic when that leaf matter falls to the soil and then it starts mm-hmm. to decompose it releases you know humates humates create a cation exchange sites you know, and it's this slow trickle of constant nutrition as the aggregate is broken down and this replenishment of cation exchange sites from decomposing organic matter, which is the own tree's foyer mass. You know, but here's the thing like that, de- that shedding of the tree's own foyer mass is also the tree's way of getting rid Expelling. of toxicity.
1: That's what I was just thinking. I was like, that's another, because we're concerned about that here. I mean, we're like the, like the deciduous trees and, mm-hmm. uh, like the deciduous conifers too, we're like, hey, let's get those needles out of there. Yeah,
0: you have to. You have to. I mean, that was one of the biggest things is like, you know, when the tree has taken in on deciduous trees, all of the the chlorophyll, you know, Mm -hmm. this is, it's breaking down the compounds in the leaf that give it the green color into, you know, ionic forms. It's pulling those back into the tree, redistributing them, which helps store energy as well as increase winter hardiness. And what's left, you know, you you see the color change and the fall color as an expression of pigments that sit behind the chlorophyll or the green pigmentation behind photosynthesis. Carotenoids right? or whatever. Carotenoids it primarily, carotenoids, yeah. right? And there's others, but like that's the big one that you can mm-hmm. just sort of use as a catch-all description for you know, the the broader discussion. Uh, but ultimately, what is also being left in in that leaf mass is all the shit that the plant doesn't want. And it's like, I got one chance to offload this. And so that trickles down into the containerized environment. Now, here's the thing. You know, at lower pHs, uh, there is a lot more nutrient availability. Now, that could be good nutrition. That could be bad nutrition because mm-hmm. you don't necessarily want all nutrition that's available for the plant. You want balance. And typically what a plant is offloading in that falling leaf is a lot of metal content, right? Now, if you live in a high pH or an alkaline pH region, which most of the Western native conifers are in a relatively alkaline or higher pH condition, they may have high salt content, but salt and pH are very different, right? Mm -hmm. So they may have a high salt content from an extremely dry, arid environment, but the basis for a majority of the aggregate is, you know, calcium or some form of calcium or often, more often than not, it's an alkaline sort of aggregate beginning. Mm -hmm. So you have this alkaline pH and now you get this dropping of this organic matter, which does, you know, with decomposition of organic matter, uh, a slight degree of acidification, but you already have an alkaline environment and that leaf mass that's dropping, that's holding that metal content. Even though it might be acidifying the soil around the base of that tree, it's already alkaline, so maybe it just acidifies it enough and adds some cation exchange sites sure. to hold a very naturally
1: bare, balanced, almost naturally right? like balanced,
0: evolved to balance in that environment. Well, and this is really where the discussion of pH, you know, in bonsai cultivation is 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 so underdeveloped because we talk about okay, balance of water and oxygen, right? You mm-hmm. have to have that before a tree will produce a root. You have to have supplemental nutrition. So that the, the plant can, uh, you know, try to balance out its proportions of nutrition. But here's the thing, and I've said this for a long time. Listen, plants do not necessarily need a ton of fertilizer to survive. They are a, a self-feeding through the photosynthetic process. When we put them in an aggregate system with a minimal amount of organic matter, right? Akadama, 7 to 10% organic matter. Pumice is not organic. Lava is not organic. Mm-hmm. And we understand the danger of organic is that it decomposes quickly and disrupts the balance of water and oxygen in a shallow containerized environment of the bonsai pot. That's that's death before we even get to nutritional issues or pH issues, right? Mm-hmm. But we have that minimal amount of organic, okay? And we're saying a plant does not necessarily need a tremendous amount of fertilizer if your proportions are correct. If your proportions are correct. Because through the nutrient analysis when we start to balance out proportions, what we see is instead of instead of you know, potassium levels in the 5,000 parts per million, four, thousand parts per million, you know, it's about the potassium to calcium ratio, right? which I, I, I don't have the paper that that uh, proves out that ratio but i do believe you want a 3 to 1 or 4 to 1 calcium to magnesium you want calcium to be in the abundance and this is there's way too much magnesium in most people's bone side containers and i think you want a 2 to 1 uh potassium to calcium ratio a 2 to 1 or a 3 to 1 right well if you have an 8 to 1 which a lot of our bone side trees and a lot of our fertilizer has way too much potassium in it if you have a 4 to 1 5 to 1 6 to 1 potassium to calcium ratio The plant's not necessarily going to be unhealthy from a visual perspective, but the plant is going to have a significant susceptibility to insects. I mean, this is where scale, Mm -hmm. this is where spider mites, uh, this is where aphids, this is where borers are really. And so if you, you know, if you take, okay, I want 3,000 parts per million calcium, just as a a general, you could say that I, I want three, or excuse me, I want three or 400 parts per million calcium right? Okay, well then you need 1200 parts per million potassium, then you want, you know, if you have 400 parts per million calcium, you want 100 parts per million magnesium. And here we start to work out our ratios. Mm -hmm. You know, like, if you increase the potassium, then you've got to increase the calcium. But if you decrease the potassium, then you don't have to increase the calcium, or the phosphorus, or the nitrogen, or the iron, or any of these other things, right? the suppress or work with something totally and, uh, and all of a sudden you can actually have a plant that has 60 parts per million potassium which is like barely that's like barely that's measurable, like some, that's like somebody with low blood pressure and you're mm-hmm. like how are you still awake well if all other parts of the body are balanced you don't need you know it's like okay so I have I have let's just say 200 parts per million potassium If the proportion is correct and you've got the correct parts per million calcium, 100 parts per million calcium, 200 parts per million potassium, I've got, you know, 20 or 30 parts per million magnesium, the plant is going to look equally as healthy. As Mm -hmm. if you had 400 parts per million calcium, 2,000 parts per million, you know, know, or whatever. X3 or whatever. Exactly, right, yeah. And so, like, we've seen some of our healthiest trees through this nutrition come back with some of the lowest nutrient readings Mm. in terms of what the plant has inside of it. But the proportions are ideal. the proportions are ideal. And And it's a healthy plant. And it's like, this is where understanding nutrition... Not as a quantity. I need this much nitrogen in my plant. No, you need this proportion of nitrogen to other components. You need this proportion of calcium to magnesium, of potassium to calcium, of iron to manganese, of iron to, you know, cobalt, zinc, molybdenum, Mm -hmm. like all of these things nickel you've got to have all of these things in copper you've got to have all of these things in proportional balance and all of a sudden and it's taken me a while to see this but like seeing some of the recent nutrient readings was like oh that's how you that's how you do it this plant has like across the board the lowest numbers that i've seen but they're all in balance and this mm-hmm. is like a super healthy treat now is it going to grow as fast no do you want a bonsai tree to grow as fast no so how do you slow a bonsai tree down? Well, there's multiple ways. You can find its root system, right? You know, uh, akadama naturally naturally releasing more manganese shortens the internodes, right? Increases bifurcation. That manganese balance is a tough one. Too much of that, you're going to have fungal issues. You're going to have a mm-hmm. lack of health, right? Uh, manganese potentially and most of the metals causing acidification, which means too many metals breeds more metal uptake and that's a real big issue in terms of ph but like these are the these are the breakthroughs that we've been making i think this is a winter recap podcast right that was the yeah <laughs> that was the idea but, yeah. but this is like
1: part of what we've this been looking at. This, this is the recap this is the recap of this the is where we're at yeah. because
0: we've been through two years yeah uh actually excuse me let's see yeah t- two years no Eighteen months.
1: Yeah, I think close to Because we started months. in the
0: fall of twenty twenty one, so fall of twenty twenty two. We're in spring of twenty twenty three. Yeah, we've been through eighteen months of nutrition, and man, we're just now starting to we're just now starting to wake up.
1: So it's a lot, man. It's a lot. It's a it's lot. A, it really it's a lot, a a lot, lot to a figure lot. out how <laughs> all
0: the pieces play together.
1: And it's it', it really there's like a, a little bit of an analogy with kind of what you said about your apprenticeship, where it's like we've been looking at this information you of course more than more than me and talking with David at Apical and it's like he said a lot of these things and they're in our note, but it's like how many times do you see it and hear it and you know how does it how do we get there where it starts lot. to
0: sink in it's a lot it's a lot and he gets really mad <laughs> Gets mad. He gets mad, like Young Cho gets mad at me about kusamono, but he gets mad at me about nutrition. He's like, "God, I've been telling you I've this been for you this. eighteen months." Remember, it's I like, told you, we "Hey, should. hey, hey, slow your roll, <laughs> Einstein." Like, I'm not, y- you know, it's a little
1: bit of a foreign language. Uh, it's not well, like people and, are doing this, and he
0: just happens to be it, 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 like a savant. It, yeah, you know? it just makes sense to him. He, he, you know, he grew up farming and then got an education later after he already knew. The how, how to cultivate kinda, yeah. high yield crops at a maximum productivity with heightened nutritional value and no insecticide or fungicide inputs whatsoever everything was done strictly through holistic sustainable regenerative agronomy and it's like n- universities are reaching out to him to bring him on board to teach them how to do it cuz they can't they can't do that mm-hmm. how are you doing this you know and then james agent this bonsai, you know, journeyman, not, excuse me, not not bonsai, this f- nutritional journeyman is like looking for these obscure articles and newspapers across North America. And every time he finds a grand champion pumpkin grower at the Minnesota State Fair, or, or, you know, the largest head of cauliflower being cultivated in Oregon, he's like traveling out to see these people and say, hey, what are you doing? And, and was niche. and that's and that's the rise of you know Eden Eden products yeah. is like James asking them what they're doing, deducing this knowledge, and then putting it together and producing sustainable nutritional. Which you know the interesting thing about it is it's not entirely aggregate, but it's primarily aggregate. Like James is going back to saying, listen, if the biology is breaking up the aggregate to p- provide nutrition, we're going to go break up that aggregate and use it for our nutrition. You know, and he's using some other methodologies to deliver that sustainable and regenerative form of calcium, phosphorus, potassium, you know, amino acids, etc. to the plant, which is like the magic is the delivery system of Eden products. And it's like, this isn't an infomercial for any of this. It's just what, what we've started to, what we've just begun to understand. But like pH pH is, man pH is a big,
1: big deal. Yeah, I remember you used to say, you know, we were first. I mean, Mariah Lai was just getting going in classes. Well, we were first getting classes here, but it was the, you know, was it six point five ish? Was kind of that. Yeah, the old, the old kind of understanding of like trying to make sure certain things were available. But now it's like, well, certain things are available and certain things are not. And there's other relationship things and like the information's evolved. But the some t- things
0: are available that you don't want to be available. Correct. Yeah. At that pH, you can apply some things and have them do certain things and you can apply other things and they don't do what they're supposed to do or don't do what they're assumed to do. And all of a sudden you're like, well, gosh, this got more complicated. It's like David Easterbrook came here and you know, we're looking at nutrition and he's like, hey, you're supposed to be making this more simple for people. It's mm-hmm. getting more complex. And it's like, hey, baby, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, it'd be great if, if it was simple, but it turns out, you know, like Marai trying to keep it simple over the course of time, we reached an unanswerable question, which is what the heck is happening here. And we had to dive deep, you know, which is why we went with the compost extract and we explored these. I don't want to be chemically sustained at Mirai. Like that was always a goal to get away from chemicals because I just saw how much chemical uh, application was performed in Japan. And it was like, that. that's not going to be my life. I'm not signing on the dotted line for that. Like Mm -hmm. I see how it's done in Japan. I see and and now looking at it, it's like this is how this is how the system is driven because Akadama is uh although very unique and special soil particle, it's also a compromised soil particle. Which is like that that's a real tough for people to wrap their minds around. It develops the best roots you could possibly want. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as it doesn't passively decompose and the plant is acting on it to cause active decomposition it's going to cause it's going to create the most ramified root system and again you know that ramification led me to believe that that's what causes internode reduction and leaf reduction but it's actually the manganese content inside of the akadama that is released with the active decomposition of a particle into smaller particles yeah. via the action of roots that releases the manganese and that's what continues to perpetuate The reduction and the dwarfing of the plant, if you will. But man, inside of that, like you've got to have a real handle on nutrition. And that heavy fertilization in Japan, you know, creates a lot of necessity with that high salt content to -hmm. be chemically treating your trees, you know, I mean like once a week chemical maintenance is very, very common. Very, Mm -hmm. very common, you know. I just wasn't
1: into it. Yeah. Some of this too, I think. Hearing that last part, just before what you just said, uh, some of that's when you hear people say, Well, that kind of tree doesn't do good for me, or that, you know, people kind of find those species that do well for them. Mm -hmm. And it has to be, well, it doesn't have to be, but it's, but part of it, it's like, What kind of water are they using? What's their fertilizer? It's like they've kind of worked through all of this. And it's like whatever they're providing in their environment is like kind of more. Cater to certain species that tolerate different things. Yeah. Or like when the rains came here and the hemlocks, which are, seem to just love the fall rate and the color and everything in them, it's mm-hmm. like well they came from a different environment that's more acidic, more mm-hmm. boggy, mm-hmm. and it's like they were responding to that condition, and yep. they've been pretty bulletproof for you, I think historically.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think like, and this is where it's like, but just because they respond to acidity doesn't mean they don't need calcium, yeah. which is a yeah. which is an alkaline component, right? like we've started measuring the pH of the drenches and whatnot. And we recognize like our calcium (laughs) applications are like Uh 8.5, you know, but, but our, our, our acidic conditions here are such that that is really for Western conifers coming from a primarily alkaline condition. That is is really, really balancing for them. Whereas if you lived in you know, uh even even the urban environment in Portland, Oregon, because the municipal water source, I, I got a email from a Mariah Live member who said, Yeah, I've been listening. We we, we get a lot of emails from Mariah Live members, experts in their own fields, adding mm-hmm. tremendous I just I got another article about, you know, is oxen what causes apical dominance? Oh uh, that's right, I, yeah. and, and I read it, you know, and it's like it's an interesting, it's an interesting paper. I don't know that I totally find all of the science of auxin to be debunked by the paper. It felt like there were some holes in the mm-hmm. science, but you know, these are scientists that are asking questions and this is the beginning of exploring potentially that like auxin isn't what creates apical dominance. Until until that's been thoroughly vetted, which again, I see even in experiments in college back in the early 2000s things that we were doing that this paper did not address. Mm-hmm. That felt like okay, so there's a question here, and it's trying to be worked out that maybe you know oxen doesn't cause apical dominance in conifers, but they haven't really answered all of the questions of where you know sugar working sugar suppression. It's a working theory, yeah. and it hasn't been completely vetted. So that's not to accept that information. That's where you've got to be super discriminating as as a consumer of information. You've got to be super discriminating, and that is challenging. For I think the Boneside community, because most of the Boneside community is does not have a deep science or horticultural background to be vetting that info, right?
1: And are not searching out things. that Most people are comfortable, I mean, the, why do you do it that way? Because that's the way it's always been, you know, it's sure. kind of that story all the time. Or right? you
0: find that you find that paper and you say, oh, this is new. This is the information. Yeah. This is scientifically proven and it's like, well, but you know, wait, wait just a minute. That's not, that's not the complete tale of oxen right there. They're talking about interesting points. Yes, it's, you know, you remove the tip and you have sugar suppression and now sugar suppression causes all of these other things to occur. We know that that's what partial defoliation and pruning does, is sugar suppression, mm-hmm. you know, like removal of auxin at the tip and the hormonal uh, sort of um, imbalance that's created through that reduction. Like, is that the only stimulant? Probably not. Plants are way more complex than to lean on one solution because if that solution is impaired, plant's dead. For trees that have lived thousands of years, they have multiple ways to accommodate uh, and, and adapt to environmental conditions. And, and, and I think this nutrient proportion is a perfect illustration of that. They can upregulate and downregulate the intake. They're telling the biology what to go and get, you know, mm-hmm. according to Karen O'Hanlon, which these pieces start to tie together. But here's the thing, yeah. like, maybe Karen O'Hanlon's not correct. I think she probably is because she's studying it on a deeper level than anybody else and her, Highly specialized, and her, too. and her biology has proven yeah results you know with the people that have used it in the uk does that work across the board across north america i don't know i don't know like these are the these are the continual things you you, you want to recap a recap is essentially wrapping up and putting a bow on information right before you blast out into the next round of Mm -hmm. testing and building on top of that well like we really didn't recap anything this is just falling in line with a continuum Mm-hmm. of what we've been working on moving into 2023, you know, and coming out of winter into spring. It's like, things we ne- are waking up too. Well, well like- and we never stopped, we never stopped applying nutrition. Like, you know, we missed some nutritional cues in the late summer, early fall last year that set us back on what we had built. Yeah. We learned, we used the winter to detox. We see good and bad and indifferent here. Like, it's it's really <clears throat> quite the complex system when you ask the question why? It becomes a complex and you know, going back to the whole notion of like as a bone tie professional trying to make bone tie accessible. And uh, trying to make increase the success rate of people practicing bonsai—that's like our, our greatest desire as an educational facility, right? Even knowing the limitations of bonsai as a medium, to become a massively practiced mainstream thing—I don't think that'll ever happen, and I don't think we necessarily want that to happen. But just by putting it out there and making it accessible, you know, hopefully the community is more robust, and pe- hopefully people have more success so they can experience the power of bonsai. But like, you know, simplifying it is. Bonsai is not a one-size-fits-all. Um, and there are ways, like you're saying, in an environment. Listen, with my water, with my environment, with my fertilizer. I've seen
1: this happen.
0: These are the species that.
1: Seem to do very well.
0: They can do well maybe because they can tolerate the extremes oh. in that circumstance, right? They can tolerate the extremes in that circumstance. The problem is, is when the plant gets to a threshold where it can't tolerate those extremes in that circumstance, then what do you do with a bonsai that's sick?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and then you start asking why. And I boarded you-
1: it at Mirai and say, "Ryan, please fix my tree." You know? Right, right, right. <laughs> People are gonna. Here is I can hear my own question too. It's like you know. So what is it? You know, this proportional concept can? Is there something out there? Can we make something that delivers the nutrition in these ideal proportions? Does is that is that the solution?
0: I almost think like the next question for boarding a tree at Mirai has to be, what's your water pH? What is your water pH, uh, you know, been? Mm-hmm. What is your water profile? Which is very easy for people to, to do. Is it a pain in the ass to bottle up uh, some water and ship it to Apical and have them analyze it? I mean, I got to be honest with you. The reason that I don't shop via the internet and buy mail order very often is because I will never take the time to put something that I want to return into a box and mail it back. It's like the foolproof method of online commerce, right? Mm -hmm. So am I the person that's going to be shipping that water sample off? I'm not. That's for whatever reason, that's (laughs) like a, it's like a mental block that I have. Thank God I've got you, (laughs) you You know, and, 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 (laughs) and Troy and Miguel, like, you know, it's like without... People who are willing to like put something in a bag, put a label on it, put a shipping, you know, put it in a box. Like it's just not my thing. But like, so I get that it's like I, I more than anybody can probably sympathize with how. Uh, yeah, you're right.
1: That does sound like a pain in the ass. Right? God, it's a pain in the ass. It's
0: a, it's a real pain. In it. But it's like that almost needs to be the question when boarding a tree here for us when we take on trees because we already know. I mean, we, we've we pretty much vetted it out. You get a tree coming from a municipal water source and we start applying the nutritional recs that apply to trees at Marai on a water source that has a lower pH as opposed to a higher pH. There's going to be a pretty rough four to six month period in there where that tree gets... A lot of things it doesn't want, doesn't need, pH is all, and then you it like settles in and sort of falls in line well, with our system. Well, acclimation period. Yeah, there's an acclimation period. We could bypass that acclimation period, or, you know, more importantly, our experiments, if informed by the water that's been applied that creates an understanding of the pH in the soil system, or at least gives us a little more information, would then, I think, adjust our perception of what could or most is most likely going on, the nutrition plus the water pH that's being applied, to being able to provide maybe some insight into how that uh, proportion is achieved. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's... And that becomes... I think, 2023's sort of exploration. <laughs> we'll be
1: updating the boarding paperwork shortly. <laughs>
0: no, it's, I mean, I'm, I mean, a lot of trees that come in from from external areas. It's like, we've got to be very careful when we start mm-hmm. to supplement. And trees
1: or, that, that have been Mariah trees, maybe they left in a tree sale or they mm-hmm. were a client tree that was boarded here for a long time and they leave. And then sometimes those trees come back mm-hmm. and you you see things and you're like, oh, what, that was part of the conversation that, I yeah. mean, it's last fall we were having this conversation. Oh, I mean, hit, hit in the garden, looking yeah. at things going wild. Wow, that that tree looks very different than a year ago. Right. Better, worse. To, I mean, maybe, you sure. Know, there's a million. Some of some of each. Some yeah. of each. Uh-huh. Some of each. Yep. And different species, how they react, and then you know the person, and you yeah. you've we've talked to them, and it, what what were you doing, and oh, we were doing this watering, BioGold, municipal water, you know, like sure yeah. And it's like, oh well, yeah. Yeah. That supports this or doesn't support, sure. you know.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's and now all of a sudden, you know, it's like, okay, so you have to understand climate across North America to give the appropriate timing and advice for work. What do you do when to a tree that's doing X, Y, or Z? Now you gotta put another one in there. As a bone type professional, we do consulting on collections. Okay, what's the water pH? What have you been applying in terms of nutrition? Cause that's gonna start to point out. Susceptibility to disease and pest or issues that are, you know, I got an odd colored crown. My lower branches are a little bit weaker. I've got mm-hmm. these things happening. Oh, well, that's you know the 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 nutritional understanding of things. And this is where like cracking the code on Doug fir, cracking the code on sagebrush, cracking the code yeah. on uh, Engelman spruce. Uh, I mean, that. believe it or not, coastal redwoods like was, was coastal redwoods are not nutritionally straightforward they're not nutritionally straightforward and so it's it's like these these you know pines do we have a pretty good pretty good idea yeah got a pretty solid idea junipers juniper's pretty good idea. pretty pretty good idea broadleaf deciduous pretty good idea broadleaf evergreen mm, still working on that one that one's a tough one they don't move resources fast enough to change the nutrient content and see rapid response it's a long or fast
1: enough here for i'm thinking like uh Olives, for example, mm-hmm. like they grow okay here. They don't grow great here. Yeah, you know yeah. we just don't quite have the, the same the same heat for as much time. I guess technically,
0: technically, I think it's I think it is a I think you could get them to grow well here if you could give them the right the right uh, mixture in this environment with the 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 pH and water and everything else that we're providing. You know? I think you could. There's no reason you couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think that we have found that yet. So there's like these these outliers out there that are sitting there. I mean, yeah. we're just starting to, I think, figure out spruce and the
1: and the quantity of olives for example. Just to follow that, we don't have as many of those. So yeah. you're not see you know, we're not seeing the sample size as much as I mean. There's, I don't know, two or three hundred junipers here, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we see you see mm-hmm. a, a larger amount, and mm-hmm. we're able to test more too, obviously, yeah. get more information.
0: and even seeing regional differences in where the material comes from, I mean that you you cannot treat a Western and Sierra juniper the same way you treat a rocky mountain juniper. you just can't do it. Oh. right Yeah, and we you saw and, that early Yeah, I saw that early on. That became abundantly clear, abundantly clear. you know, and the, and here's the interesting thing is is like it totally makes sense. Because the amount of salt content that's going to occur in the Rockies compared to the Sierras, these are two different aggregate sources. These are two different climactic conditions. Mm -hmm. Like it is categorically different, the salt content. So does it make sense that a Rocky Mountain juniper would respond positively to potassium in an acidic environment versus a Sierra juniper responding negatively to potassium in an acidic environment? Now, if you're down in California... Or if mm-hmm. you're off working off of a municipal water source and you're dealing in an alkaline environment, would a Sierra Juniper respond differently to to quantifiable, you know, applications of potassium? For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, so then all of a sudden you start to break into the continual, perpetual trickle down of proportions that we started talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like Pretty radical stuff. I, I mean, like I think a lot of people probably hear it and they're just like, oh, we're still talking about nutritional <laughs> stuff. It's like, hey, 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 this is this is this is what my job yeah. as a bone professional is. Because if we can't identify what's happening in a plant in any given environment under any given stress, then you can't fix the problem. And mm. if you can't fix the problem, you know, some of this... was it? Treating the symptoms versus the disease or
1: something yeah. kind of like a medical treating concept the, treating or something? Treating the symptom versus the oh, sure. actual you just, issue, You just right? spray it with this fungicide, fungicide and insecticide. problem solved.
0: That's right. We just got to, listen, you see know, here. tremendous amount of lime sulfur yeah. combined with some copper combined with some mancozebs, oh, wait, mancozebs off the market. What do we do now? Oh, I don't know. Clear, you know, it's like...
1: Oof, yeah, which golly, version of Clear is and this wally. one's
0: not available now? And. and you start getting into how all of those applications change the chemistry of the of the you know physiology in the cell, the chemistry of its contents. They make it more susceptible to certain things. It's like, and then you start dogpiling on chemical on top of chemical on top of chemical, and pretty soon the chemical is the problem. Mm-hmm. And you're like, now I'm applying a chemical to take care of a chemical, or I'm applying a chemical, and the problem's getting worse. And it's like, well, that's because the chemical is causing the problem. Now, you know how do you how do you how do you get off of the the hamster wheel? And it's like, well, you if you if you really want to, you just you gotta we gotta understand these things.
1: And, you gotta rebuild from the ground up a little bit too.
0: And this was like when people were saying, like, what's the next frontier of bonsai? <laughs> it was either gonna be soil. Or nutrition. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, it's probably a little bit of both. Probably a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Probably a lot of both, honestly. At least that's what I'm realizing. It's certainly the next frontier at Mirai because it's having a significant impact on, on the trees
1: here. Yeah, the aggregate question has been a that's been a long-time question, right? What happens, I mean, the quality of Akadama not being as good as it used to be? What's the solution? Do you keep I guess there, I mean, isn't somebody mining some of that stuff in Mount Hood or wherever it is, or?
0: I mean, I think there's been like some, I think there's People been, dabble. I think there's been some people that have gone up there with a shovel and a bag and, you know, but like, but, but, but here's the thing, like, you know, if you talk to, and this is really where you've got to have like a filter too. Like if I talk to David about Akadama, he's going to be like, dude, that stuff is garbage. Yeah. He's not a big fan. Garbage. He's like, yeah. that is garbage. But it's like, Yes maybe a blackberry grower growing in 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 shot soil is gonna is gonna be you know sort of counterproductive maybe maybe that's maybe that's not a good thing right Mm -hmm. but find me another structured particle that can hold up you know under the the conditions in the environment in the shallow container to maintain balance of water and oxygen because again if you don't have a balanced water and oxygen you never get that root growth that's needed to even take in that nutrition that could or may or may not be proportional or good you know it's like you you still have to start with like what yeah. comes first the chicken or the egg balance totally, totally. balance of water and oxygen is always going to be the beginning of everything for bonsai after a repot how do you get new roots to grow how do yeah. you get compartmentalization you got to have a balance water and oxygen or else the, those roots will rot you know okay i got the balance water and oxygen now what once those roots harden off, now we can start applying nutrition. What's needed for a tree that's freshly repotted? In a in a in a in a plentiful amount of organic activity, or excuse me, organic matter. As far as the seven to ten percent organic content of akadama is very much intact when you freshly repot. Mm-hmm. You know what do you what do you put into that soil system? The pH has not right that new clay particle with a high buffering capacity. The pH has not yet. You know, whatever the condition is, domestic, well, acidic, alkaline, that Akadama is neutral. It's neutral. It's one of the benefits of Akadama. It's neutral. It's at seven, six, six, eight, six, eight, seven, right? It hasn't, it has a high buffering capacity. It does not change its behavior rapidly, which means it can take a lot of water that's crappy before it starts to get. Mm -hmm. Uh, fall into a negative behavior in the containerized environment. What do you do then at that point? What do you do at that point versus a tree that's been in the container for two years, three years, five years, eight years, 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, 20 years? All of those are a different answer. Mm -hmm. All of those are a different answer. You know, it doesn't have to be that complex, but like if you want to understand bones on the deepest level, which is why I got into this, I wouldn't have gone and studied with Mr. Kramer if I didn't want to know all this stuff. I want to know everything. I want to know everything. I know the answer to every question. It's impossible. Obviously that is an un that is a Mariah in itself. That's an unobtainable, unachievable future. But like That's what makes it so compelling as a lifestyle practice because you'll Mm -hmm. never have every question answered. And for some people, that is intolerable. I'm on the verge of not being able to accept that, but I'm just inside of being able to accept that, to be motivated to do this (laughs) at this capacity as long as I can. There will come a point, though, where I cross that crest and I'm just like, fuck it, I'm out. You know? (laughs) Every, yeah, year, uh, every, thing, every year, every every year. What's your threshold? Uh, Every year, I ask myself that question. The, the 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 problem is, is the trees continue to look cooler and cooler, and it just keeps me deep in the keeps yeah. me deep in the portal.
1: It's the th- it's just the joy of repotting too. I'll be mean, like the, the, <laughs> that limber pine yesterday, I limber just pine like,
0: last night. It's, it's like what the uh, heck? who's not jacked on repotting exactly. after something like <laughs> exactly. that? You see a tree transform before your very eyes, like, and you're oh. just like oh
1: below the, below the soil surface there's oh. six inches of the most awesome nabari in a little hollow area christmas
0: stuff. christmas all day long just kept getting better and better yeah yeah and it happens like that sometimes and it's just like gosh i that that it just literally could not have gone better yeah could not have gone better yeah
1: yeah occasionally yeah. you start digging back and you're like oh stop 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 oh, we got no, a little inverse no showing no. Up. no 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 come no.
0: on back to me now <laughs> This is going to take a lot of sphagnum soil.
1: <laughs> Maybe I'll put a rock next to this That's to help right. mask That's the, right. the edge. That's
0: right. John Nuck has said plant some grass there. John... That's right. That's right. Yeah, no, it's looking out at the garden. You know, last year we tore out I don't. I don't know if you remember this, but a year ago at this time, we had an excavator in the garden ripping out every concrete footing for every wood bench.
1: <laughs> I, yeah. Well, this is the, when your phone reminds you of the of the photos and stuff. Oh, you know, you're just like, oh my god. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. We got to put this thing back together. Yeah. That's the other one. There's yeah. just. That's the that I'm really looking forward to that, actually, you know, getting the benches set out again in a nice layout. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of really explored. You mostly explored different kind of angles and moments and the maze of pathways. But now and, the shade
0: structure there and uh, you start organizing things. I mean, we're still not there yet because we're waiting for the final. The last. Set of lights, diddle, yeah, just final diddling of the shade structure so that yeah. we can actually move on with our turns lives. Turns out, if you
1: want something really cool, sometimes those things are back ordered. <laughs> we didn't. Who, who knew? That's right. It turns out who when know? you ask people to make something really
0: impressive, it takes them a long time. uh Yeah, no, I mean, but I, I'm I'm excited. We just started moving just to get into some of the trees that have been literally off limits since we started the installation oh. uh, back in November. Right, I mean, we're in March. That's five months, man. It's pretty. Thank yeah. goodness it rains so much here, because we would have been <laughs> totally up a creek
1: trying to water some of those trees that were a little tough, to, uh, a little tough to get to.
0: Not possible. Not possible. It would have been. It 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 was. It was tough as it was, and they and we didn't need to be caring for them. Now it's like okay, time to wrap it up. Time to wrap it up. But um. but like a a year ago, right now we were ripping. F- footings out of the mm-hmm. ground. We had
1: taken the old benches out. We had the old shade massive
0: structure. Pi- massive
1: pits mm-hmm. dug for
0: the footing of the shade structure right now. I mean Miguel was shuttling you know for yeah, it was what, like a weeks job. on in it was shuttling insane. the dirt out of the garden. And it's like, <laughs> now I look out there and it's like, okay, so we've got some new benches. We got it like shade structure yeah. now. But like there's this whole catastrophe, which All is, the
1: gravel that we've, all the, the three quarter minus, or I'm sorry, three quarter open that we've been mm-hmm. using. Like how many loads of that have been placed? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yards and yards. Yards and yards.
1: Yards and yards, yards, that yards that pi- The yards pile that kept yards. getting big and smaller. I mean, that's almost gone again. That I mean, And we're going to order, we're about ready to put in another
0: order because we've got a whole nother mud pit up top, <laughs> you know? <laughs> My home was destroyed two years ago, and now, you know, we're actually finally able to start rebuilding it, and it's like, well, that's a whole... I
1: I didn't want to open that can
0: of worms. Like, life was already... The can is
1: completely open right now. When well, you look up there, the can is completely open. Yeah, there's
0: not even walls on it anymore. Uh, I didn't. It's
1: going I, fast, though. It's going fast. It feels I, like it's going pretty I, fast. I don't
0: know. It's, it, we're a long ways from having... We're a long ways from having it. we trying
1: happening. to keep the optimism high here. I appreciate, keep- I appreciate
0: it. I appreciate I'm a realist at this point, though, because I'm looking out here at a shade structure that was supposed to be done in June, and five months, yeah, 11 months later, it's still not finished. Yeah. But uh, but I think the house is on a different trajectory. I think the house is on a much
1: different trajectory.
0: My tolerance for this is is Is, is waning. waning, <laughs> is, waning is, is waning, though. I don't, I don't want to keep doing it. Like, the benches, awesome, did it. Shade structure, good, great. House, let's fix it. Because the past the past two and a half, three years, when you look at the thirteen years here, my six years in Japan, my twenty-one years prior to Japan, the past three years have been the most unprecedented three years of my life. And that's saying something when you basically sell all your possessions and move to a foreign country and apprentice yourself to a creative madman, right? Like to, to be like, yeah, I did that. And that really that was it like pales it kind of pales in comparison to what i've experienced in the past three years like that's really yeah yeah i think make uh, a good movie maybe mm-hmm.
1: yeah who, maybe. who who would get a cast as uh who would cast <laughs> as ryan neal in the in the bonsai murai bonsai uh, Mirai, the untold story yeah i don't know, I don't know. nobody cares about that but I have to get some, we have to, we need somebody who can grow a beard now though this is the this is the new i do i do this i'm is, growing
0: i know it is you can you came back i was been in italy for three two and a half three weeks who knows uh almost didn't come back the it only thing good. you said to me last night as you came down is oh my
1: god you're oh growing god. a beard oh my god
0: what's it's going like on? but Zeus is a bearded man jp is a bearded man
1: the true
0: you know, you, 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 you yourself do dabble in, uh, in, uh, not
1: shaving for long
0: periods for, of time. Yeah, exactly. And then the beard, Ryan Neal does there's it one a, time. there's a world-class limber pine sitting on the repotting bench, the likes of which you've never seen. And you go, Oh my God, your God. beard. I'm freaking
1: out. I was freaking out. I was freaking out. Uh-huh. I'm I don't I'm still getting used to it. That's fine. St- Your profile photo on my phone is is a baby baby faced Ryan Neal from twenty seventeen. And yeah. I'm looking at salt yeah, and pepper George Clooney do. over here.
0: This is uh this is what boneside does to you. That's what boneside does to you. You know what? Uh this may just keep going and I might just be a long white bearded recluse Dumbledore uh, out here totally. I might people like, you know. I'll, I'll put a sign on the gate that says, enter at your own risk. We'll fire at will.
1: Yeah. This, different sweaters. They're like all wizard sleeves and uh-huh. stuff. No, I'm pretty
0: much, I've pretty much moved to the full flannel wardrobe. <laughs> uh, definitely, I'm wearing natural wool products. Yeah. Like, yeah. not even engineered, like merino wool that wicks away. I'm just like going straight, scratchy, sheep wool. To me. Like, hmm
1: raw. Raw. Mm-hmm. But it, it does it keeps you warm when it's wet.
0: Uh, yeah, natural materials are undeniable. I'm sorry. Like, and and I do have to say, like, they have been tested
1: in the wild,
0: and they, they have and been. they did exactly what they were advertised to do, which was facts. Yeah, kick ass and take names.
1: Yeah. Didn't you say the one that one wool coat though? You're like, it gets a little heavy. It gets a little heavier than I. Eat. Turns out wool can hold a lot of water. Yeah. Uh huh. But it still was warm
0: uh very warm very warm not even a waterproof people wall. are listening to this and they're gonna be like well no kidding but it's like i didn't know that yeah but I, I gotta tell you like you don't know until you know and i didn't know until i knew i mean like go take a wool coat on a nine mile hike in yosemite mm-hmm. just get at, trounced you know eight thousand nine thousand feet of elevation mixed snow sleet rain uh temperatures in the you know high 20s mid to high 20s low 30s nine miles later you know, like you still, can really, I can it. really tell you what wool can do. <laughs> like that was what happened
1: there. Oh man. It's almost, it's always too much, but it's like perfect. It's just enough.
0: <laughs> for the right, for the right personality, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Oh my goodness. That's what I'm saying. The constantly evolving model of bonsai is is right on the boundary of my own personal hell. It's just tolerable enough that it keeps me intrigued. But I'm like, For an OCD person, this like constantly changing, ever out of reach, black and white, I want a black and white answer. I want a black and white This is like my whole conversation with Melissa. Yeah. And she's like, you have to be so, you need to be, you know, things are gray and you've got, and it's like, no, I don't want, I don't want things. I know that they're gray and that's part of my challenge in life is to accept that, but it is a hard ask for somebody with my mentality.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's just a hard ask. Like for some so people, so much was, so
1: much nuance in bonsai. Yeah, and it's
0: like when yeah. you need a decision, somebody who functions in the gray, it's like, hey, what do you want? And They're like, I could, see, you know, e- either one's fine. I could see, but and it's just like, oh my gosh, it's like banging your head against the wall trying to get an answer out of you know, for somebody like me to get that answer, or when you have to make that decision and you're like, this or that, or
1: I could see both of them being. You know, it's just yeah. like, oh my gosh. Yeah, you have, you have developed, I mean, this is the baseline features conversation, like ways to kind of try to be objective about stuff. But mm-hmm. even within that, they're still like, oh, you could still go kind of here. I can see it going either way. Yeah, yeah, I could go front or back on this or, mm-hmm. yeah, a little angle change here. I mean, you try to organize it, but it's just like, I guess that's. Yeah, I try to organize it. And
0: then I think what a lot of people don't do is spend enough time trying to break it. You uh-huh. know, you got to break it. You gotta you gotta break the information. You gotta find holes. It's like that's really one thing that I learned with the compost extract is like the compost extract idea, you know. And like I, I I've said it a million times. Like Ian Hunter's success in the in ground environment is is unprecedented. Yeah, it's not well, like he
1: wasn't winning, you know.
0: Yeah, he's he, uh, still it, winning. It, I mean, like the experiments that Jason Nielsen did on the landscape properties that he maintains where he used the compost and everything that Ian had promoted. He's like, yeah, four years later, three years, four years later, I still haven't fertilized or treated them with anything and it's the healthiest landscape that I've gotten. It's like, well, there you go. And this is like, yeah, this is what David, this is what David at Apical is saying. He's, you know, when he did the podcast with us, he's just like, dude, we treated soils with an ungodly amount of compost. We were just, the right compost handled the right way and Mm -hmm. and ramping up that biology and that content of that compost in the in-ground environment changed everything. And then continuing with sustainable nutrition after that, like you've set the foundation, line them up and knock them down. You know, like tremendous yields, low inputs, the value in it came on the, or, or the cost in it came in on the front end. And then you just ride that because you created a system that is meant To last, if you can sustainably use regenerative agronomy uh, on a perpetual basis, it's 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 the way the world works. It's working with nature, you know. So it's like these are all the things where it's like you've got to try to break them. Though you got to try to break the nutritional, and and I think that's what we're willing to do at Mariah is we're willing to break these beautifully, (laughs) beautifully organized and constructed systems. I'm willing to break design. I'm willing to try and break it. The dynamic design lecture.
1: Oh, I need to watch that now. Even
0: even even going through it, you know, going through the dynamic design lecture, like delivering the lecture with pretty tried and tested knowledge came to new realizations came to new realizations. It's like you get yourself. Yeah. You've got to massage the information. You got to put it out there. You got to work it. You got to play with it. You got to need it. You got to Mm -hmm. flatten it out. You got to re reconstitute it. You got to uh, stretch it. You've got to tear it. You've got to, you know, like you really have to work ideas over and over and over again. And that's, that's something that I don't know, you know, in Japan, if you, if you take sort of, and I, re- I refer to this a lot because it was just such a beautiful description. But Michael Hagedorn saying they're working off the same artist statement. Well, yeah. if, if, if and, and that's not necessarily true, but they are working off a very close mm-hmm. artist statement, even if there's independence in there, right? They're, less variation. Less variation. Less, uh, let's say, less polarity. The, the, the gradient is much shorter. Right, for the 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 extremes on both sides of ultra traditional to ultra natural is not that far from center. Whereas in you know, the United States, you go from Dan Robinson,
1: sure, you know, yeah.
0: all the way to the other end of things to just a staunch traditionalist, which is you know, is that is that Bill Valvanis? Was it Soothan? Is it, is it Soothin? Is it is it Boone? Is mm-hmm. it um you know, I don't know. But like the 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 gradient the distance from middle the distance from a a same artist statement is very very far in north america you know maybe even europe is a little bit closer amidst all of those cultures they might be they might be trying to do and i think it's just more of a mimicry of the japanese model than anything else right
1: a lot of imported trees there still too.
0: A lot of imported trees, a lot of domestic trees handled with a a notion that what is trying to be achieved is sort of a duplication or a recreation of the Japanese estate. There's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's great. Not all material conforms to that. Certainly in the United States, the wildness, the wildness of our material is undeniable. It just is a little bit wilder. and uh, and, and that's like, I know people are like, well, that's, you know, there's some shimpaku junipers in Japan that are wild, or there's some crazy Scots pine and or Sabinas that are. And it's like, yes, no, I understand that. It's, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Traveling the world's not the same thing. When mm-hmm. Fujikawa came here, my senpai, and he was like, I, I, I get it. The trees in the United States are just a little wilder.
1: Not, not a little wilder, a lot wilder. And he came to that not, I mean you expose him to a lot for I, him I, to come to that. Yeah, I wasn't like pushing that narrative.
0: I was yeah. just like, what do you think? And then like after being here for ten days, he was like, Yeah, I get it. This is this is a different this is a different thing. You're doing a different thing here.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. hmm
0: And I don't know how different it is. Uh because that pre World War II Japanese bone time model was pretty fresh. Pretty fresh. I think there's like a lot the of old,
1: like the old like you still see it in the old Coca-Fu albums and stuff, old right? Old Coca-Fu,
0: yeah, and even even like pre-World War II publications, you know. And I, I think Fudo, <clears throat> the juniper that was sent to the Brooklyn Botanical Gardens and died in um quarantine from fumigation. I think uh we gotta take a look at this gallery.
1: for station identification. Uh-huh. Little photo shoot in the studio today. How is Europe? Europe was awesome. What uh, What did you think of the trophy?
0: Having been to the Pacific Bonsai Expo, mm-hmm. you haven't been to the Kokfu
1: yet. I've not. I, at some point, I'd like to go. I think, yeah. that, I think was it. This year was ninety-seven or ninety-eight. I kind of think going for the hundredth sounds mm-hmm. like a good idea. I'll give you some time to think about it too, but yeah. Uh, and then the National Show in twenty twenty-one. I, while, so while I was there, I was only there just the one day because of some travel issues getting out of Portland. Um, the sm- snowpocalypse. What a shit show.
0: Damn, that shut down the city. That was hardcore, oh, people man. People
1: just can't function here. They just can't do it. <laughs> I don't. I mean, no snowplows, no nothing. Oh,
0: man. Yeah, it was crazy. It was totally crazy.
1: But having been to those three specific shows, I guess my feeling while I was at the Trophy, I just kept thinking, I think this is the best overall show as Mm -hmm. far as the overall quality and then also like the vendor areas were enormous Mm -hmm. so much stuff there um and like quality material not that there wasn't at the other places but i felt like that was the best at the time while i was there but i remember like i was talking to you yesterday a little bit looking back at the photos that i took of the trees i was like oh not as appealing in the so maybe just in person the feeling was different it was the newness the vibe of uh, all the different you cult- were
0: there you were there for one day i was
1: there for one day and i was into it man yeah god i was course, having a yeah. good time people the people uh, were awesome yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. under
0: area friends like yep. yeah seeing totally. the
1: triscally guys seeing yep. a bunch of murai live people and just coming up and it's just it was so positive i guess the experience i think was probably you know yeah. impacting but yeah it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah, there good. were a few trees I really liked. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one uh what is that beach clump that I was Oh the raft. The young raft. raft. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god.
0: Yeah. That's Fagus Sylvatica. Fagus Sylvatica, the European beach. I mean it's it'd be cool
1: to see that in the beach forest, mm. just did a cool, you know just a beach on beach Just crime. a beach to beach, <laughs> beach on beach exhibition. Mm-hmm. But it was good, man. It was cool. It was yeah. cool. The demo area when I walked through there was so quiet. God, that was weird. That's ab I,
0: I like. I told you that's not that has never been my experience. Uh, it was Sunday, but it was Sunday, you know, and, I know. and, I and maybe tipped, things
1: were winding down.
0: I, I I think these bonsai events, like you know, they get set up, and it's like this flurry and this anticipation, and everybody drives in and like unloading and seeing people on high, hey, and buying, you know, and trying to get the first pick of goods and the exhibition and the photo shoot and the judging, and you know, Friday night everybody's settling in hotel, reacquainting. Mm-hmm. Saturday the exhibition opens, lines down the street.
1: The line was insane. Yeah, like they said on Saturday too.
0: Yeah, I mean. The trophy, three 4,000 people walked through that exhibition in a weekend. I mean, it's intense, man. It's,
1: they said it took over an hour and a half for, yeah. to clear the
0: line yeah, after that's they great. opened on Saturday. That's great. That's so good. Um, But like saturday night people run it out pretty
1: hard that's what we got up with the got up with the Triskly boys on a saturday and uh, uh, the beers the beers were flowing floweth. at the local yeah. at the local I, it's like we were saying i can't they take the beer pretty seriously there i i guess yeah. i didn't know yeah. but every Go figure every beer had its own special ornate glass that was labeled and matched and i was just like the first one that i ordered that came like that and i was like oh cool this must be like a special thing that they, everyone boom bang I mean, they were dialed. Yeah, they were dialed on the yeah, beer experience. Yeah,
0: yeah, go figure. Belgians do beer. They do. They do it right. <laughs> they do beer they and frites right. and mussels. Um, yeah, that calibration component is interesting, though. I remember. I remember traveling initially, and I would like go places, and I'd be like, "Man, I saw the trees that Mariah have so far to go," and then I would come back to Mariah, and I'd be like, "Oh, wait, no, this is what am mm-hmm. I talking about?" Mm-hmm. But it's like it's it, it, it's like that. Um, it is like that uh, sort of reassessment each time you're exposed to something new of like taking it in, experiencing that joy of taking it in, taking it in more and more and more until it starts to naturalize. And then you can kind of break through and really assess what you actually think about it in comparison because the emotional response is gone. Yeah. And now yeah. you can logically and objectively assess the situation and you didn't get there. I did not. You did not get there. I which is not got which there. The, yeah. I'm not criticizing no. or anything but you the, just it, didn't have the time the, the travel yeah. threw you off. 2 days at the trophy. You would have would, been different. You would be able to tell me an objective yeah, actually what you think. Yeah, the
1: exhibition like a whirlwind the first time Darlene and I just like plowed through to try to see everything and it was still pretty busy in there and then I went back kind of late but it was maybe I don't know. I was trying to soak it in the second time and take, spend some more time with the trees, you know, but it's like, you, ne- you need more. You need more time to really, to really orient, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. But it was cool. I mean, it's good. I mean, I like the display setup. I mean, in the, that big room. And I mean, it's a, it's a nice venue. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty, pretty on point, really.
0: Yeah. Big facility. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I think the, the thing that they do really well uh, with the exhibition at the Trophy is, is space is not a limitation. And that's a big deal. That's yeah. a big deal. That's a limitation to every other exhibition everywhere else in the world, including the Kokufu. Space is a limitation. You know, Artisans Cup space is a limitation. Mm-hmm. Pacific bonsai expo space is a limitation. In the trophy, they just put that thing in a big warehouse, and they're like, "Hey, so they, they, hey. they they
1: they drove via, when they I was there when they were breaking down because the Triscally, uh guys had a had a booth, and so we were there till the till the pretty much the bitter end or close to it. They were driving vehicles in, yeah. to that. I was just like they open up these big uh, sliding doors and stuff sure. and like they're driving full-size vehicles in to unload and, and take down the booths. I was like, man, this is like
0: yeah. This is serious space efficiency. Yeah. Yeah, efficiency and it, and and I've been to the trophy in three three if not four different venues. Oh. Uh, because it has as it's grown, mm-hmm. they've had to increase the size of the venue to accommodate uh, the expansion of the trophy into what it's grown into, which is like just a absolute world-class exhibition, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely world-class on every level world-class.
1: Yeah. I mean, they had food a little cafeteria area and a couple other little places to get mm-hmm. a bite in that main lobby and a whole separate area for the demo. It's a pretty good space. I mm-hmm. mean, is, is it, you know, the, the Pacific bonsai expo had a nice kind of unique lighting situation. I mean, that was a, that stands out for that that place, but this the trophy was just a huge facility. Yeah, I just just like and everything was like separate and like functional. Yeah, like it was it was a pretty good layout. I like I like the space. <sighs>
0: there's a real sweet spot, though. You know, to the number of vendors or traders, as they're called in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a real sweet spot to the number of traders in the space with the population that will attend where it is a fruitful scenario for the bonsai economy, right?
1: Yeah, they talked about that a little. I think with the Brexit situation, it really kind of changed the economics of that weekend. People were talking about that because a lot of the people from the UK that would come historically Mm -hmm. to vend and also to shop and bring things back, like that that was a noticeable change. Several people were talking about that.
0: Yeah, which is going to be an interesting... I mean, it's like a really interesting discussion of what's going to happen to bonsai in the UK because if bonsai in the UK becomes a lot more sort of insular, you're going to see, I think, some stylistic differences start to arise. Mm-hmm. The The tradition of British ceramicists, which have historically been very dominant in European bonsai, um, you know, with John Pitt, with Gordon Duffett, with, um, oh gosh, come on now, Dan Barton, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. with Walsall, with uh, Brian Albright, um, with you know, and I'm sure, sh- uh, well, I mean, I've I think you, a- you know, let's, let's just, I mean, the modern Andrew Pearson, Andrew Stone Pearson, Monkey, yeah, sorry, but like yeah. Stone Monkey came on the scene as you know, Duffett and and um, Brian, y- yes, Brian and uh, um, Dan Barton, you know, were sort of um reducing or sort of and even John Pitt were sort of, you know, ramping down as Stone Monkey was ramping up. Mm-hmm. And so like certainly Andy on an international level is well known. But like the the interchange of at one point in bonsai in Europe, British early on Britain early on, the UK was was dominant in quality and advanced bonsai practices, and their ceramics were dominant in an and advanced. You know, now you have Harry Harrington, and you've got like this new sort of like, uh, and Peter Warren doing his thing, and you've got what's happening in Ireland with uh, bonsai Egypt and Ian and everything he's doing, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, it's it's a changing, it's a changing climate for bonsai in the UK with Brexit and it becoming more insular, which isn't doesn't necessarily. I'm I'm sure it's inconvenient. I'm sure it's challenging.
1: I think it's both of those for sure.
0: But hey, when importation stopped in the United States in the early 2000s, and people are like bone size dead, yeah, there was a lull, and then we found Yamadori. Yeah, and then American ceramists started stepping up and making and like and look at look at what's happened now. You know, it's like there the, these things the ebb and flow the ebb and flow the internal and external influences the way that people respond the passion for bonsai will persevere and people will find a way and it will give rise to something new and this is the continual storyline you know and it's like really it's really interesting but like i think the trophy lost something without the uk having the capacity to be represented there because they Mm -hmm. always brought really great trees, really great ceramics, and really great people with a tremendous amount of enthusiasm. The alcohol consumption <laughs> at the trophy has been cut down by a vast majority because the British attendees they buy a lot of pints. went hard, yeah. hard. I mean, that's what got Lyme in trouble, is hanging out with all the guys from England, you know? Will Baddeley and the, the boys just going deep mm-hmm. on the beer consumption in Genk. And gank Gank. the taps and gank are are uh, wait, waiting for brexit to get over so that uh, the British contingency can once again make its way to the trophy <laughs> yeah the amount
1: the other Europeans like I was in this homebrew concept where they're making their own like cherry and few I don't know what they uh, it yeah. starts with like a some kind of alcohol they just, just I don't know what they do. But oh, everybody man. had their own little secret stash.
0: Everybody's got it. When I was in Sweden everybody was making some sort of freaking homemade moonshine. It was awesome. It was awesome. I got a lot of I got a lot of souvenirs to bring home of of Swedish liqueurs and uh it's really nice. But yeah, I mean like Jan brought that stuff from uh oh uh, uh the, Czech. From the Czech, right? Yeah. yeah. That that yeah. we Consumed as we were having a podcast here, we like did, yeah, it's 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 a real thing. I guess it's like no different than whiskey, except for maybe a little bit more accessible and like make. I mean, I've never tried to make whiskey. I've never tried to why. make anything like that.
1: Yeah, it just, it just seemed like that was. It, seemed, it felt very commonplace. And I'm, I mean, so many people at the me and Ramondi at the me and Ramondi booth. The people that were visiting there. When I was over there with Tom, kind of chit chat with people and other like people. Came up like just Mariah Live folks and stuff, and we're chatting everybody up and having a good old time. And people just kept pulling things out of their jackets. I mean, like, oh, here's this homebrew that I just like. Where, where's all this coming from? Yeah, but it was awesome. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, I didn't want to leave. Yeah,
0: yeah, sure. Yeah, but then you went from uh, you went from Gank in Belgium down to Italy. Is that what you
1: did, or did you go somewhere in the in between? Gank gank to Italy and just kind of hit up. Had just vacation and that was old hat for you you've already done it you were like darlene uh, darlene yeah. let me show you the way <laughs> let me i let me
0: help you navigate the waters of let italy let
1: me show you what rome looks like let uh-huh. me break it down yeah, for right, you right, right. yeah that we walk great, you through the history yeah <laughs> Try to act surprised a couple times. No, I haven't. I haven't seen this. No, I haven't seen mm-hmm. this. No, Ryan and I did not walk right by this uh-huh. just a few weeks and ago. And read
0: every sign and totally digest. Right, exactly. I, I had no
1: idea that that was marble from Egypt. That's really fascinating. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing. <laughs> but yeah, it was a it was a good time. Good to hang out with Darlene. Good to see the trophy. And turns out you like your wife, huh? Turns out. Turns out we still like each other. That's, That's important. great. Yeah, yeah, that is great. It's it good. good. That's good
0: to discover. <laughs> it's good. Yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, it's good to be back. It's just, I was talking with Randy a second too when he was here and he's like, How long were you gone? I said, Just like, just over two weeks, or maybe about two and a half weeks. And he's like, That's for him, he's like, That's the amount of time where it's like, it's you're away and you've enjoyed it, but you kind of feel like it's time to go back yeah, to, time to go, go back to what you like to do and live your normal life. But
0: that was how I felt when we were in Italy, and I, well, I don't know there for I, two weeks I one. Forgot. I don't know if Jesus and Josh and Lonnie felt the same way. Jesus think, is nodding. Jesus is nodding. Yes, it was time to come. when our flight got when our flight got delayed in Rome. Oh man, that it wasn't like devastating because it's like, oh gosh, what am I going to do? You know, winch we'll winch out. about getting stuck in Rome? Like it's that's not what I'm saying, but like it was time to go home. Oh. Like the fact that the Mental, fact,
1: mentally everybody was prepared to go home.
0: Yeah, the fact that Taft Taft came and and was there with me made it made not getting home much easier. If I were in Jesus' shoes and Oof. and had a uh, had a young kid back in the states that I'd been away from for two weeks, and, it gets and a, a little wife tougher. that was
1: maybe doing all the parenting while someone was gone,
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> domestic responsibilities start to amass, <laughs> right? They dogpile, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I got to tell you. Spending that much time away from Mirai, it's t- it's tough, and it's tough to come back from that. Uh, not because it's not to, not because it's hard to reintegrate; it's hard to catch up. No. It's hard to catch up when the train is moving at a fast enough pace that you just have to sprint for that much longer to get your, to get back on the train. Just the amount
1: of, yeah, I just walked through the greenhouse and I was like, man, a lot of trees got repotted in two and a half weeks. You know, a lot of, I mean, Mm -hmm. everything's walking on the garden. Things look different. Yeah. You know, a lot of nutrition, a lot of, yeah. And just all the other ongoing projects. Yeah. You know, I saw, I saw some emails, a handful of stuff. I know not everything, obviously, but just like, a lot happens around here mm-hmm. you know yeah.
0: turns out we do a
1: lot yeah, takes that little things happened in a couple weeks this
0: is what jp's always reminded me he's like hey man this place this place takes a lot to <laughs> t- takes a lot to keep going and it's like
1: yeah really and he's like what yeah
0: of course it does yeah, yeah he's got
1: his fingers on he's got his fingers on the poles yeah for sure, he's too. aware
0: of it yeah yeah, yeah 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 i don't it it's um it's really interesting with the the weather that's been hitting the West Coast. You know, we got that snow apocalypse right before you took off, but but I don't know if you were aware. In that same storm that like knocked out Portland, basically down and out, like people spent the night in their cars on F- Highway 405, Highway 26. You're mm-hmm. talking you're talking overnight because they couldn't go anywhere. Parking lot, so gnarly, dude. If I didn't have the most awesome. Uh, old school truck of all time like there's no way i'm getting home because every single street i drove up the most un unutilized sort of like side road off the beaten path hadn't been plowed but it also hadn't had a single car on it to get home Oh, on that Wednesday? On that Wednesday, yeah. just to get back to me three and a half hours from Mariah to get home through Portland just because every single longer. road was filled with 50 plus cars spinning out, stuck, emergency vehicles stuck, power is out, stoplights are out, Burnside's a parking lot, highways are a parking lot. I mean, like, I couldn't I don't get, handle
1: snow well here. Dude,
0: not good. Not good. Yeah, but 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 I don't know if you saw... Yosemite shut down.
1: I did see. Oh, I got a little thing hit my hit head. Yosemite phone shut down. That, yeah.
0: 15 feet of snow. Yeah. fifteen. <laughs> the, the canvas tents in Curry Village were buried. Buried. So gnarly. Can you imagine? God, that's a dream. <laughs> that's my greatest dream. Be stuck in Yosemite. When you went
1: with Fujikawa, I thought it was like that too, though, because people nobody had yeah, it because it wasn't that much. They'd, but they'd it was like you were there feet. by yourself or something, right? They got
0: five feet of snow. And everyone's like, not for me, man. And the power was shut down. And we called and they're like, look, you can come, but like you might not. And it's like, well, we've got sub zero sleeping bags. We've got enough food to keep us for a week. They're like, well, then come on down. Let's do it. There was not, a, we, we had Yosemite to ourselves. I mean, like we were the only people there, period. There wasn't another person. I, we saw two people. Mm -hmm. over a period of four days yeah Yeah, paradise that was paradise that's about as good as it gets that's like you know each time that i've been to the bristle cones that has been the experience too when the bristle cones are under snow best time to go because you're not going to see another soul now it's it's the worst
1: time to get stuck
0: Mm -hmm. because there's nobody
1: there nobody gonna come get you either
0: yeah but that same snowstorm people got stranded in their cars on those obscure highways out past Big Pine in California. Between California and Nevada, some 80-year-old dude was in his car for eight days. He lived off of two croissants and melted snow. Gangster. Oh, my God. Gangster. Amazing. Uh, But just to set the record straight, I had told told our host in Italy, Melissa, Mm -hmm. I had told her about some completely abnormal amount of snow snow. and she was like this is not possible and she shook my confidence enough to back down from like really being like (laughs) no this is real and then i was talking with my dad and he's like no it's real there was over six over 600 inches of snow have fallen on one specific peak in utah that i mean it's like 50 feet or something 50 feet i mean there isn't 50 feet of snow there because it's all settled and like melted you know yeah. it's, it's like ha- experience pleasure. but listen this snow here we in the, west, in the western united states they got seven feet of snow in Idlewild outside of la it snowed in los angeles california measurable saw, snow yeah, in los angeles yeah, california on
1: instagram on their eye pages
0: and stuff insane insane man insane, insane. yeah crazy times still got to find a way to have a drought <sighs> i'm sure which is the worst dude if they could i was i was just thinking like if they could funnel all of that into the aquifer in the central valley california'd be rejuvenated
1: yeah it's a real deal i mean that's i don't know it's just so much I mean, you look at lake mead too and Lake mead just keeps getting lower and it's like man well where's it, all the snowpack i the, guess yeah the problem is is like
0: even if you get this much snow and moisture like with the population drawing on it, you can't store it all unless you want to dam up every single mountain in the Sierras and the Rockies, right? Which, like, you know, losing Hetch Hetchy, yes, damming Hetch Hetchy created a reservoir that fed the Bay Area with their drinking water. I understand the necessities of it, et cetera, et cetera, but, you know, John Muir said Hetch Hetchy was even more spectacular than Yosemite. The damming of Hetch Hetchy was the straw that broke the camel's back between John Muir and Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. Like, these places it's like china damming up the what is it the Yangtze river in the yellow valley uh the yellow river valley or i i'm not totally sure of all the correct names but like they dammed mm-hmm. up one of the most beautiful places on planet earth because they had to feed a population it's like you understand tough why choices. you understand why it happens but yeah. it's like the loss of that place gosh darn it it's tough it's tough it's tough it's a tough equation yeah it's a tough equation.
1: You, you at least got some of that John Muir experience, though. I think that the solitude of being in a place like that is is pretty hard to beat. I mean, yeah. when, when I was with you the couple times that we had the kind of the quick quick and dirty couple day trips, all, you know, penciled in with other stuff, but there uh, were a lot of people, you know. When a, lot we were, people a lot of we people in Yosemite when we were there. A lot of people in Yosemite. Yeah. I was... mean, the further up you went, the less people there were. Mm-hmm. But when you were there, I guess over the holidays, too. Well, I was at the top of Nevada Falls by, by, my, by myself in the uh, snow. yeah. Uh,
0: and when you and me and the Trisculi boys were there, Jesus. Yeah. it was like Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, that was tough. That was tough. And uh, the constraints that that they're putting on the national parks now to try and manage the population means that it, it is going to be harder to get to go. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to have to plan way in advance. You're going to have to put in for lottery passes to get to go. Yeah, like it, that's it's it's real. Like mm-hmm. the access to these very special places. You know the accessibility has been um, an entitlement to people to this point. That's yeah. those days are those days are are uh, numbered.
1: Especially for the major attraction places, yeah. I think. Right? I mean, yeah. you might there's there's I mean there's numerous national parks, but the big the big hitters are going to have to clamp down. They're I guess they're already clamping down. To be honest, they right? are
0: clamping down. Yeah. They started last year, and and it's going to get it's it's far more intense this year. And but here's the thing, you'll somebody change your life. Yeah. Yosemite will change your life. You go to that place, you realize what is possible, mm-hmm. what is out there, uh, and there's not many places in the world that can do that. There might be, there might be lesser sort of publicly known places that you have a, a sentiment or a memory or a fondness or an attachment or identify with, but like. As a widely available public space in the natural environment, Yellowstone, Yosemite. And I'm sure there's like, you know, two or three others. The Grand Canyon.
1: Yeah. On some level for some people. Dude, that that should, doesn't move the needle for everybody. It'll change, it yeah. change your
0: life. Certainly Yosemite... Uh, certainly Yosemite had a huge impact for me. Because uh, it's just like, you just realize like, oh, this is what's out there. And as... And I've taken and a lot rock. of people. I've taken a lot of people who are like, "Hey, listen, I've spent a lot of time in the Himalayas. I've spent mm-hmm. a lot of time in, you know, different mountain the ranges, the Andes, yeah. this place, that place, Patagonia." I get. I think I know. I think I know what we're in. I'm for. not in. I'm not so into the people and the commercialization of it. And it's like, yeah, that, that's fine. That's fine. And then you go, and it's like, even though there's all those people, even though there's pictures of it across, when you are in a place
1: like that, it change you. It change you. Yeah. The physical presence of the rock is just...
0: You just understand where you exist in the grand scheme of things. It's
1: hard not to feel small when you're sitting in front of El Cap in that S- meadow or something, you know? Small and delicate. Oof. Delicate. Wasn't, didn't some of that recently, like, didn't part of the face of something, one of those just fall? There's like a video recently that Jesus is not, I think you must too, but I saw thought too. Oh, yeah. I saw, I saw some video where, the, where there was like a pretty good rock slide or something that came down. I think we're on one side of El Cap or something. There is... It's gnarly. I, it, I mean, that's
0: happening. Yeah, look, this is what we said when we were there with the Triscely boys. This is what we said when we were there with the Triscely boys. You would die there, oh, easy, yeah. easy. When, easy to when die. I was when I was there over Christmas, multiple search and rescues going out to to rescue people that just a wrong step off of a trail and boom, they're sitting on an edge of a cliff for two days without cell service, trying to get somebody to 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 notice that they're gone. You know, and it's like that that was I mean, we were walking by rescuers on some of the trails and they're just like, Yeah, be careful. We've pulled three people off of this in the past week. It's just like <laughs> Don't worry, I'll oh, be fine. My God. Oh God, it was just like really hardcore. So like I it's it's uh I think there's like some both like there's some respectable a respectable sense of fear uh that needs to be there, right? Like yeah. you, you can't take it for granted that it's such a public place that like you you can't get hurt because like standing on the top of Nevada Falls, there's no guardrails. There's no guardrails. There's it's not insane. another person there and it's uh. covered in snow and ice. Uh, that's a 2000 foot, 1800 foot, 1200 foot. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Anything, matter. anything past what, like 20, 30 feet, you can die. Yes. If you're falling off that one, you are going to die. You know? So it's like, oh, okay. That's, <laughs> and there's nobody there to save you
1: was and there wasn't another person up there, period. Yeah, and in spite of that, when we were there, you'd see like people just rolling up there in flip flops and stuff. We were like all pretty, you know, somewhat geared up, and people were just rolling up there in flip flops on yeah, these trails. And I was crazy. just like, man, this is uh,
0: yeah, 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 I'm into it. I really like it. I really like it.
1: We gotta go, we gotta go again.
0: Well. You know, I'm headed to the Giant Forest to uh, get the get the full deep dive into the giant sequoias because our trip to the sequoias last year made me very aware that the giant sequoias might not
1: be here moving forward. Yeah, you can't keep losing ten, twenty, thirty percent of something every year or two nah. and and have it have it be there. It just doesn't, the math doesn't work.
0: The deal clincher for me was walking through Mariposa Grove in Yosemite and recognizing that the fire that swept through there last summer. Mariposa Grove used to be amazing. And I'm not saying it's not amazing anymore, but I'm saying the number of giant sequoia and the shape and contour of Mariposa Grove is forever altered in our lifetime and forever altered for several generations, 10 generations before you would ever see sequoia that would even remotely that would even remotely start to fill in the spaces that were lost. Uh, and if you lost the giant forest, you know, which is sort of the grand cathedral of the biggest, oldest, and most massive giant sequoias, you never get to see that again. And there's a realistic chance that that burns in the next 10 years. Yeah. You know, there's a real high chance that that burns in the next 10 years. Crazy. Crazy stuff. times. It's hard.
1: It's hard to think about that. But Crazy it's, it's, times. It's such a real thing, but it's you know, it's uncomfortable to think about that kind of stuff.
0: It's really sad. It's really sad. I think like I think like the um, the gloom and doom of it all has like kind of lost its like punch. It's like yeah, okay. I think everybody realizes that this is serious stuff, but like, what are you gonna do? Roll over and like what tap tap out? You know, it's like we all got to keep going. Hey, that microphone's giving you fits, hey! Yeah,
1: I don't know. If I'm I just can. sitting
0: here watching you play with that the whole time.
1: I just keep trying to tighten and untighten uh-huh. and and half the
0: shit I'm saying, I'm waiting for you to respond, and you're diddling <laughs> with your microphone. It's really driving me crazy.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying to. I'm trying to stay in the fight. It's like
0: you just got home from
1: Italy or something. Like, what the I, hell! How do these things work? How do these things work again? It, can, can Jesus please give me a crash course uh-huh. on how to adjust? Get
0: this, this? man some spaghetti quick. <laughs>
1: Refuel me with some pasta. Wine
0: and spaghetti. It's like 10 a.m. It's time.
1: It was go time the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, We were just, I mean, well, you're
0: Iris, and it's go time every day for you. (laughs) we play for keeps yeah you do all day <laughs> yeah, <you> do. <laughs> what's that you say you have some
1: moonshine sure oh man absolutely
0: i haven't even slept yet just got off the plane let's, let's get go. drunk
1: let's go let's party let's That's go look crazy. at some bonsai
0: yeah i'm sure we got so many uh emails uh and and like <clears throat> forum q a posts being like tell
1: Iren darlene hello and we love them and we can't wait <laughs> to see them again yeah that's nice i'll have to go back and read some of that. that's uh, yeah. people were cool man that's uh, that's what that's a, that's what it comes about just the positivity you know and people like the you know this one guy nick he's like hey here's a here's a pod i've been making pots for a couple of years and he'd hosted tom and he's like he only got into this through mirai yeah and he's explaining all this stuff. and it's just like awesome and it's like super positive cool guy that's awesome you know and you see you see stuff like that and it's like it's hard not to feel proud yeah Of an affiliation with a place that, I mean, it's changed my life. I mean, I wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't, you know, like everything's changing.
0: I would say that you've been changed maybe more than anybody (laughs) because you completely changed your life (laughs) to come here.
1: (laughs) Oh, but it's just, you know, yeah. I mean, totally. I I guess I agree to, yeah. But just, it's cool. You drank the Kool-Aid. I drank the Kool-Aid. I I did. I did. But it's just like, it was cool. It was cool when people were just like... It's a positive thing. yeah, it's positive it's that's a positive what, thing. that's man. what makes it good. That's yeah. what makes it
0: good. Hey listen, everybody finding common ground unity yeah. and uh, you know a sense of purpose or expression or um, you know developing a relationship with things that we are programmed in our DNA to seek and need and benefit from a relationship with nature through through you know through for us the tiny tree, the medium of the tiny tree. All good. It was, it was and continues to be the most sustainable thing that that I could be doing as a bone professional, spreading the love through education of mm-hmm. this. It's a never-ending commodity, especially. And this is why, you know, circling back to sort of winter recap, what'd you learn? Well, gosh, an awful lot. And we're continuing. It's why you got. It's why it does need to get so complex, because yeah. because you know, a simple question for somebody that could change the course of their bonsai trajectory, success or failure, uh, saving a beloved tree or having it die, and you, you know that might be one question for somebody, but somebody's got to be answering all of the questions that surround that one question for that one tree, and that's you know that's really our job. That's what we continue to do, and it feels pretty darn good. It feels pretty. Pretty darn nice. Pretty darn nice. Pretty pretty wholesome. <laughs> Just another wholesome day here at Bonsai Right. Another wholesome day of doing wholesome things, saving wholesome trees. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. It's good to have you back. I missed Thanks, you. man. Yeah, I missed you too. Yeah, it turns out I think you're all right too. Yeah, you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, that's enough celebrating the winter recap. I think so. We better get back to work. We need to get back to work. Those trees aren't going to repot themselves. They're not going to repot themselves. The nutrition doesn't apply itself. Unfortunately. Uh, the moving of tre- tremendous amounts of soil for the next, you know. <laughs> for the next,
1: ex- <laughs> next excavation and, and foundation right. project. It's
0: not going to take care of itself. And so uh, off we go. Here we go. See y'all.